So Iran has sent food to Qatar, which is in fear of suffering a food shortage amid a regional blockade by seven Islamic countries, including three Gulf states. The countries have declared they'll be severing ties with Qatar over allegations of supporting terrorism. Another reason cited for this confrontation is that Doha has apparently used Al Jazeera as a mouthpiece to destabilise the region. Let's discuss further with Professor Noah Mella, specialising in pan-Arab media at the University of Bedfordshire in the UK. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Can you just remind us of, of this decision or series of decisions that led to the decision to cut ties with Qatar and, and what they're actually demanding to end the blockade? Well, the, uh, the, the accusation is that Qatar has been sponsoring terrorist organizations, but of course it strongly uh, denies that. And there was anger over allegedly fake news uh, distributed by Qatar's state-run news agency last month, and now it's blamed on Russian hackers. Um, but actually the, the tension started well over 25 years ago, so it's not just about uh, current foreign policy of Qatar, but there has been tension between uh, Qatar and uh, Bahrain. Uh, there was a border dispute back in 1990. And then in 1992, there was also a border clash between Saudi Arabia and Qatar, uh, which ended in favor of Saudi Arabia. And uh, in 1995, the uh, former emir of Qatar seized power uh, from his father, which annoyed Saudi Arabia and other countries like Egypt who supported the former emir. Um, and uh, also, um, uh, shortly after that, uh, um, they launched Al Jazeera as part of a kind of branding strategy, really. Um, and uh, they gave a platform to some Saudi dissident voices back in 2002, which also annoyed Saudi Arabia at that time. They also interviewed uh, um, dissident voices from Kuwait, from neighboring Kuwait. Um, so there, there, there are other reasons. Uh, it's not just funding terrorist organizations, because ironically, Saudi Arabia does the same. Well, that's one of the big concerns that's been raised. But we obviously saw Donald Trump in that high-profile visit to Saudi Arabia just before this blockade was announced. And, you know, Obviously, there's been a criticism there uh, that perhaps uh, he's been stirring the pot. Some see the hand of Russia in recent developments. What, what do you think of those particular major powers and their potential involvement? Well, I mean, um, uh, you have to remember that Qatar uh, hosts a U.S. airbase since it uh, has been hosting it since 2003. And by hosting it, uh, on its soil, uh, Qatar was hoping that it will never be threatened by its neighbors, particularly Saudi Arabia. Um, but with Trump now taking sides in this crisis, uh, it seems like Qatar may indeed feel the risk of being um, threatened because uh, the longer the current conflict takes, the, uh, the more risky it becomes that there could be an intervention. If it's not outright military intervention by Saudis, it could be that uh, they will try to, to um, kind of agitate other members of the ruling family in Qatar to uh, launch a coup against the current emir, for instance. So they instate a new emir instead of the current one. Uh, which means new set of ministers, new strategy. 
tell us, though, ignoring other countries like Saudi Arabia for a moment, how serious has this um, apparent funding been for terrorism activities in Qatar? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, they have been funding uh, Jabhat al-Nusra, al-Nusra Front in Syria, uh, which is kind of uh, branched out of Al-Qaeda, actually. Uh, and uh, they have been uh, supporters of the Muslim Brotherhood, and they have funded other media ventures uh, who are defending the Brotherhood. It's not just Al Jazeera. Um, so, uh, so I, I think the the uh, it's not it's not just about Al Jazeera and uh, and it's serving as a platform to dissident voices. Uh, there are other. Um, things and basically what um, what we have heard of the we have heard of ten conditions or demands set by uh, neighboring countries for uh, for Qatar to in order to end this current crisis. Yeah. Uh, we know, for instance, that uh, these include cutting ties with Iran completely and ending support to Hamas and um, apologizing. <laughs> to other Gulf states, um, ending the support of Brotherhood, um, who, I mean, some of the members reside, or the Brotherhood uh, currently uh, reside in Qatar, and, uh, and to align or abide by their agreements with, uh, with Saudi Arabians and other neighbors not to interfere in other countries' affairs. Uh, and I think also amongst the demands is to shut down Al Jazeera, but that is a little bit strange for me because... As I said, they don't only fund Al Jazeera, they also fund other ventures. Um, in fact, they have set up a new venture based here in London called The New Arab, uh, which has a website, bilingual Arabic English, and also has a, web, uh, um, a TV channel called uh, The New Arab, uh, or Al Arabi, uh, in Arabic. So um, this did not feature as part of the demands. I mean, what what the Saudis and the neighbors only demand that they shut down, that Qatar shuts down Al Jazeera and leave the other ventures open. That's the question, really. Mm. Let's talk a bit more about Al Jazeera. When we go back um, about four years, the the problem seemed to start with uh, the detention of journalists in Egypt. How does that tie into where we've now reached today? Uh, well, Al Jazeera actually have. Um, lost uh, its, uh, you know, some of their audiences since the beginning of the Arab uprisings, roughly by the end of the 2010, uh, because shortly after the start of the uprisings, many stars, um, presenters, I mean, uh, from Al Jazeera resigned in protest against what they saw as biased coverage of the uprisings in line with the Qatari foreign policy. Uh, and and that uh, that basically was scandalous for the for Al Jazeera Arabic, Al Jazeera English to some extent is is more professional, but Al Jazeera Arabic is is far from it. Um, so so it's not just the crisis of the three journalists detained in in uh, in Egypt, um, and also you have to remember that um, um, if you look, for instance, at the press. Uh, uh, freedom uh, of the press report for for Qatar, issued by Freedom House, for instance, in New York, um, Qatar is not a free country when it comes to to, to free press. So they can actually cl- clamp down on their own local media 
So it doesn't reconcile with having uh, a voice like Al Jazeera, which used to be, in, uh, when it started in 95, used to be kind of voice of uh, uh, neutrality and objectivity, but uh, that doesn't really add up when you look at how Qatari authorities kind of clamp down on their own local media. What What are your personal feelings on the prospects for Al Jazeera as a media outlet and for... Qatar as a state going forward? Well, um, I think, uh, well, I mean, the crisis is getting a bit longer than expected. Uh, and it, um, I don't think it will end up with just uh, Qatar uh, giving a promise of changing their foreign policy, because I think the, the neighboring countries will need to see more. So the longer it takes, the more pessimistic the outlook will be, because Saudi Arabia and neighboring countries will simply lose face if if they don't uh, if they don't get what uh, what they want. Mm. Uh, so uh, and I I think it will look really uh, the outlook will be pessimistic for Jazeera as well because uh, if a new Emir, for instance, assumes power, then it could be the end of Jazeera. Um, or the least, it will be that it will tune down its coverage of neighboring Gulf states. Yeah, the irony in this is that Al Jazeera English, at least, has been seen as, uh, by some I know in the UK, as a as as a more neutral voice on on some of those affairs that don't necessarily directly affect Gulf states. So um, a lot of people will lose out if that is the case. Um, and and indeed, yeah. I, I know I've personally had um, some involvement with them here in South Korea, and they've been very professional. But can I just finish off with concerns about the twenty twenty two World Cup? Uh, there, there had already been major question marks raised about whether Qatar should be even hosting this tournament. So I don't think it would take much to sway public opinion against their location. Mm. Um, but concerns that it will not be able to, to do so have been already dismissed by FIFA President Gianni Infantino. He said that the tournament's not under threat. Do you agree with that? I think it is certainly under threat, and I think if the problem is not resolved fairly soon, it will be really doubtful that this tournament would uh, will go ahead as planned. Today, Qatar announced that it has uh, construction materials enough for a whole year to resume its buildings for the uh, for the World Cup. But even if that was the case, the country would still need to the lift of the blockade in order to ease the movement not only of material but of labor. So, um, no, I, I, I can't see how it will go ahead unless the, the blockade ends fairly, fairly soon. Well, with Russia hosting the uh, 2018 tournament, I'm not sure whether uh, another European country will be able to jump in. Um, but, uh, we'll, or the we'll US, see. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I know England would love to host the World Cup again at some point. Uh, and uh, even lately, there's been talk of South Korea and North Korea maybe hosting a joint World Cup down the line. But again, 2022 might come too soon for that. Professor Mella, thank you very much. Great to have you on the line with us. Pleasure. Professor Noha Mella from the University of Bedfordshire. Looking at a very delicate situation here. And you can text us your reaction right now. Powder Sharp 1013 for 51 per message.